0: Guys, welcome to the new American Dream podcast. I'm your host George Gibson. All right, got an awesome show to coming ahead today, but this episode, you know, is extremely special to me because as we were recording this episode, we brought up um, my guy, Mister Rick Jarman, Mister Old School Real Estate on Instagram, and you know, we were talking about you know how he helped me, and I was just explaining to the guests how he helped me, not knowing he had passed earlier that day. I didn't I did know this, but this episode is definitely uh, in remembrance of Mr. Rick Jarman, Old School Real Estate on Instagram, and I just want to, uh, me and him had many conversations. I knew him, he came on my podcast maybe a year ago, and I'll put the link in the show notes so you can go check it out, but man, it, Mr. Rick played a huge part in my life and success in just that short amount of time. And the reason I say that is because when I had him on the podcast, it was extremely important because I think I had just quit my job maybe a few weeks before that. So I quit my job at the post office and I'm I'm still scared and nervous because I don't really know what I'm going to do yet. And I brought Mr. Rick. I seen him. He came on Instagram. He had like a couple hundred followers. And I was like, I can I sensed it. I'm like, this is wisdom right here. So I reached out to him, and I was like, Mr. Rick, I want you to come on my podcast. I'm gonna interview you. and He what's the podcast, George? And so when we set it up that day, you know, I, uh, he had his granddaughter to help him out. But it took us. I had to call him and explain how to turn your phone on airplane mode and do not disturb, and you set it up. And we finally got on there. But man, Mr. Rick, he was a real old country guy, and he just was a great dude. And we recorded that podcast. And about halfway through the podcast, he was telling me a story how he quit his job as a custodian at the, at the college. And that was the last time he worked. He, he was a custodian at a college, and he ended up quitting that job to go work for himself full time in the real, real estate industry. And, you know, he, he, he had already done it, but he assured me that, George, you made the right decision people like me and you, we are going to be okay because we are hard working. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, we are working. I'm working right now. I don't know what's gonna happen in the future. I hope I'll be successful, you know? But he assured me and gave me the confidence in myself to say, man, you made the best decision you could have made. And in, in the 10, 15 years, you're gonna look back and say, wow, look, when, you know, I quit my job and look at all these houses I got. Mr. Rick had over 100 rental properties. And he, he, you wouldn't know if I just talked to him, but you know he was about helping good people. He had a lot of section eight properties, and he just he just taught me so much and my first property I purchased, right, I talked about it on bigger pockets, but it was a duplex, and the appraisal came back at probably i think seventy eight thousand dollars right I was under contract to purchase this property for like around a hundred thousand dollars, and it came back appraised at seventy eight thousand so you know everybody in my life and my broker they were like. George, don't buy a property if it don't appraise at that value. So I, I talked to the seller and I finally got the price down to about 85, 90,000 because I explained that house appraised at 70,000. So the seller was willing to drop the price down to about 90 to 85. So I called Mr. Rick, I said, Mr. Rick, man, I'm talking to everybody you know, in my real estate agent groups. And they said, George, don't buy a property if it don't appraise at the value it should appraise at, at the purchase price. But I said, Mr. Rick, but it's a duplex, man. This side rent out for this much. This side rent out for this much, and my monthly payment, far as the bank said, it'd be like you know 500 bucks a month. He said, "George, what, if you tell me it is it, renting out for that side, one side run out for this side, one side run out for that side, and your monthly mortgage is gonna be this amount, the numbers make sense." He said, "If the numbers make sense, the cash flow makes sense, I would buy because he said I will purchase properties that over appraised that appraise less than what they're worth, but the numbers made sense." And you know, that helped me move over that hump because I was, I was finna back out and pull out that deal. And I, after I got the phone with Rick, I said, look, let's do it. I put the extra money down and I closed on the deal and I still own that property to the day because you know, he gave me the courage and you know you can't ask people for help and tips on things that they never did before. And all these real estate agents, most real estate agents don't own rental properties. So I had to find somebody with wisdom and knowledge and determination like I got and, you know, he just helped me out with so much. And he helped many people across the Instagram. And guess how much he charged? Zero bucks. So this episode is dedicated to Mr. Rick Old School, um, Old School Real Estate Instagram. A lot of footage. So let's get into the show. Today we have an awesome guest. She's building up uh, rental properties and just loads of information on how to make your business success at the early stage as we try to work our way to the ultimate goal of financial freedom. All right welcome to the show we have Christy I'm in the zone now because I had a crazy that was crazy <laughs> all right all right welcome to the show Christy thanks it's
1: great to be here
0: yes we finally made it happen so all right let the people know who you are and just tell them a little bit about what you do
1: sure my name is Christy I am a mom I have four kids and right now um I am a nurse by training, but I'm not working as a nurse. I take care of our kids at home. And then I really have just jumped feet first into real estate investing. So that's what I spend most of my time doing is coordinating all of the different renovations for our properties.
0: Yes. I've seen some of your renovations on your Instagram. I'm like, it's a process dealing with all it's the people. A lot. Right?
1: It is, it is a lot. And we um, I think that there are some people that do like, Cosmetic updates and they don't look for things. And we get the houses that have all the problems. So it's just everything and it takes a lot longer to do the renovation process. But I like the whole design behind it. And then the house ends up being like exactly what we want it to be at the end. So it works out.
0: Wow. So you're doing like, it sounds like you're doing like $30,000 rehabs.
1: Uh, <laughs> it's a lot more, a lot than, more that. than Oh my. <laughs> It's a lot. Yeah.
0: That, yeah, because I do rehab. I try to stick to the, you know, like the paint, the Mm -hmm. flooring. I try to, because the big rehab, it seems like you never know what you're going to run into. And it's just, do you have like a contractor inside or you just.
1: So we have like a family friend that's, um, he's really handy and I'm decently handy. My husband and I, we bought our house that we live in as a bank owned foreclosure. And this was back in 2012, like January of 2012. And so we just kind of knew that we wanted to get a good deal. That was my husband's number one criteria, like that our house was a good deal. So it was big and it had been vacant for, I think, three years before we moved in. And everything needed to be touched and fixed and repaired. Water lines had burst. So there was like warped floors. They were like waves. Everything was just a mess. So we just got to work and figured it out and watched a lot of YouTube videos and um, learned a lot about how houses work through our own house. And then we're able to apply that now on all of our rentals.
0: Well, yeah, that's the good part. (laughs) Your first house was a major rehab. So anything after that, I mean, you kind of know what you're getting into.
1: Exactly.
0: Okay. So let's start from the beginning. Like, where were you raised at? Like, How was your childhood growing up?
1: So I grew up in um, like near Rochester, New York, and then I moved to Cincinnati when I was seven, and I've just stayed here since then. My husband was born here and raised here, and he didn't want to leave, so we stayed. And now um, we met each other in college and got married, and we have kids now, and this is where we're at. So we just invest here because it's close to home there wasn't any like big research into other markets it's like well this is what we know so
0: right so like growing up whereas your parents or his parents like into real estate like how was you growing up
1: so um my growing up was a little different but eventually like my mom met my stepdad and when they got married way down the line they ended up buying a property when I was at school at University of Cincinnati for me to live in, because we walked through all these houses. My mom was like, you can't live there because landlords around you see they like, it is like garbage. It is just filthy. Nothing is repaired. It's just, and you pay a ton for it. So my mom was like, we're gonna buy a house. You're gonna live in it. So at least I know you're not like getting bed bugs and all these other things while you're living there. And then they rent that out. And that was a two family house. So they rented out the second, floor of it all and then they bought another one across the street so they didn't really start um, doing houses until I was in college and my husband's family they've had rentals for a while so he was already more familiar with this and right. a lot more comfortable with it than I was
0: okay so I mean I guess definitely that experience of you seeing your uh, parents buy that that multi. you say that both the families so you live on mm-hmm. one side and another family yep. of Okay, so they house hacked. How long ago was that?
1: That was like 2008, 2009-ish.
0: Okay, okay. So. Yeah, so you got first, first-hand experience of what house hacking looked like. Right. Right, and you paid no rent?
1: Well, they charged me. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been awesome though.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, what are right, you, you go to college, you graduate college, right after of college, did, did you get a job first or?
1: So initially when I went to college, I was going to be a vet and then I pivoted and I went to school for interior design and then that was 2008. and so all of the um, housing market just like dropped and I was so nervous because I'm like I can't go to school for interior design when people can't afford to keep their house. This is not a secure industry. so I pivoted and then went to nursing school. I graduated. As a nurse, um, we had our oldest son already at that time. And so I think it was like five weeks after graduation, two weeks after I passed my nursing boards, I had my second son and he was just like a miserable baby. He was cried all the time for like four months. So I ended up calling my employer that I had lined up and letting him know, like, I can't can't work here, that no one will take this baby because he cries all the time. So he ended up having like silent reflux, which is just like um, an infant thing and they didn't know. So once he was on meds, he was like fine, but that took a while. And then after that point, um, I just stayed home with the kids. We had our third baby and a couple months after she was born, a house that we had been following back when we were looking for our house, it went to auction again, sheriff's auction. And so I saw it come up on the docket and I told my husband, I'm like, we have to get this house, it's fate, it's here again. So I went down to the courthouse the day before we were getting ready to leave for New York to go visit my family for Easter right. and bought a house. And so that was like a crazy time because it was a really um, kind of an expensive house for like where we were at in our life right then. Right. And the bank was financing the purchase which they will not do now. But it's something they're like, oh yeah, we'll push this through, we can get it done in 30 days. And our banker ended up walking the check down to the courthouse on like the exact day that it was due because it was so tight, them getting the financing for us to do this house. Right. So I had a baby and then two little kids as I'm rehabbing this house and the house had damage to it. Um, it had been kind of like a new construction just a few years prior. But the person who had been living there, um, he was arrested for robbing a bank. So the police had like kicked in his door and everything was just a mess. And then at some point, I think the builder had come back and taken like light fixtures, the finials for the banister, like things that you wouldn't think that people would take. They were all gone, like the towel racks. So it wasn't a complete rehab, but it was... um, just a whole lot there that we were getting our feet wet with. And then we were so close to listing it for rent. We were going to have our listing pictures and a tree fell on the house.
0: Wow. Oh my
1: God. <laughs> then there's a hole in the roof and waters like pouring in and the- talking about
0: right after you finish, right after you finish rehabbing it.
1: Right, right after, uh. like we were going to have listing pictures within that week and so then we're like great we've got to start all over we've got to get the roof patch we got to repaint now we have to have the floors all refinished so that just added a lot longer on that timeline but we ended up getting it all wrapped up and we sold that and we closed on that actually on our anniversary so that was like a nice ending to the chaotic story that
0: right. was that house so and, and for the for the people listening like what i got out of that story was first of all you said um you were looking at the house before and it came mm-hmm. back on the market and it was like, that's like fate that the house come for sale, you're looking and it's like meant to be. It felt mm-hmm. like it was meant to be when you were saying it exactly. and people, um, like even me, when I first, when I had my first son, I only got one son, but the day he was born, the next day they were offering the class to take a real estate license. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm finna be out of work. I don't really want to spend this extra money. Cause when I'm not I be out of work, I'm not getting paid, you know? So I'm right. like, dang, should I risk spending $500 to take my real estate license? And it was like, the baby was born the day before. It's meant to be. So you got it right. Like, when things are lining up for you and it's like, you don't, you don't really sure, you're not sure whether to go forward or not. If it's lining up, I think you should take that chance or risk because it's, right. it's meant to be, even with the tree falling on at the end.
1: it, <laughs> it still worked out. That actually worked out pretty well because insurance paid for a lot of it. And so it wasn't as bad as what it definitely could have been so make sure you've got insurance on your properties that's all i can say okay
0: so was that that was the was that the first rental property that was my
1: first we used that as a flip so that got us a lot of just like capital.
0: capital and
1: after that we had so we did that all with the baby and i was like i can't do another property until all of the kids sleep through the night so we had our fourth baby in 2016 and then 2019, we started looking again at houses in earnest. We built up a lot of savings. Everyone was sleeping. I felt like I had just like a little bit of sanity back. So we bought our first rental property at auction um, in the summer of 2019, and that was sight unseen. So wait, with,
0: these, with that with that first court auction, because it's different everywhere here, I think if, we, if I buy something from the courthouse, you have to pay cash. So it's not like you had 30 days, you could still get a bank loan?
1: Back then you could, but now
0: they won't. Now they won't, okay.
1: So this one we paid um, cash for, we used our savings, and then we were also using like our home equity line for the um, rehab. We knew we would have that lined up.
0: Okay, so you go to the first option, option, and all right, this house, what does this house look like? Let's take us through it.
1: So on the outside, it was a brick house, and we knew that the lady lived in it. So yeah. you're thinking like, this is great. You know, it's quick. She lives there. It's going to be great. And she had told my husband because he knocked on the door and wanted to talk to her. And she didn't really like let him walk through the house. And he was like, can we buy it? Because we tried to buy it ahead of time. And she's like, no, I'm not going to sell it. It's just going to go. And we're like, okay, well, we'll just buy it at auction then. And she had said then that um, sometimes the basement gets a little damp, which is like normal for houses. So we go in and it just like hits you the house smelled so bad she had dogs like one of her dogs had died in the house but like it wasn't there anymore but it just like dog pee was just soaked in on everything the hardwoods were completely trashed even after we lifted them up they were like still wet and then um the upstairs was the layout was just completely messed up the whole house layout was messed up and then you went downstairs and there isn't like half an inch of water that's standing in the basement. Wow. So that's a little damp, you know, and there's structural foundation cracks. So I would say that's like the worst case scenario. Well,
0: when she's you a, a house, was she know. a renter or a homeowner?
1: She was a homeowner.
0: Wow. She homeowner. said
1: that her son told her that it was going to be condemned by the city and bulldoze. That's why she didn't sell it to us. But she didn't tell that to us when we were... <laughs> looking ahead of time so we got in there and we started doing demo and every time we peeled back something uh, the previous homeowner he felt like he was really handy and so he had done a lot of things himself but he worked in the garden center at home depot versus like something a little more yeah
0: yeah yeah building the house type. right
1: so the electric he would like take extension cords and cut like the plugs off of them and use that for wiring in a short span instead of like buying Um, Romex or whatever you need to use for that particular space he did his own plumbing that leaked and they would just add layers instead of repairing the things that needed to be repaired so he had taken out two three structural walls without reinforcing them and he didn't repair the chimney leak so all of the floor joists under the bathroom were almost like you could poke your finger through them it's amazing that like we didn't fall through the floor so we had to strip it all down and then build it all back up.
0: Was it a competitive bid or it just like, you guys were the only one trying to buy it?
1: The bank threw out a bid that was like their minimum that they would right. accept. And then I was like, and one, and then that was it. So okay. no one else. it went, the bank wanted more than what we had anticipated for it, but we were just really um, ready to do a house and it right. came with a vacant lot. So that was the contingency factor. The vacant lot saved the whole basement problem. If we didn't have that, it wouldn't have been as good of a deal.
0: So did you sell the vacant lot or?
1: Mm -mm, We still have it. We haven't built on it yet, but it's there. Oh, but you have a vacant lot.
0: Yes. Okay. So like many people, um, if you're looking to buy a property sometime and Mm -hmm. the house could be on a double lot, and if it's not in the center, you can actually buy the house and you can sell it off the lot or you can build on the lot. And that's a good opportunity, like you said, value add.
1: Right, it's a buildable lot, so we have it there, just in case, or I guess not just in case, but for when we're ready to build on
0: it. Right, okay, like before you started doing all this rehab, and like you're doing that, all these rental properties, like, what did you imagine, um, like, your daily real estate life to look Like, is it the same as you imagine, or is it more hectic, or less hectic?
1: I think there's definitely a lot more hectic things that pop up now at this point, back than like last year, Back then, like it was so long ago. Last year, um, it was a lot, we did a lot more hands on. So it's very much what I felt like it was gonna be because it was us there at the houses every day and nothing really happened if we weren't there because we were the ones doing it. We had like a roofer who came in and we had people who did windows and we had a family friend who helped us with framing and he helped do the tile and he like he was our saving grace because he can point out whatever we're doing and being like, no you need to do this differently, or you need to do that differently. And then my husband, his dad is an electrician, but we ended up hiring electricians to come in and do the house. So that was helpful to have just people who knew their specific craft. And then I was there managing them and doing all of the things that I was doing.
0: Right. Okay. All right. This rehabbing, like, this is one of the things that I am right now in the rehabbing, Mm-hmm. Like when you first start out rehabbing, first of all, you don't know if they tell you a high price or low price, honestly. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing. And then like just paying people in general mm-hmm. and trying to get the work done, it's all like a cluster ball of mess. It could be a mess. It so is. like how how are you going about paying your guys? Are you like, okay, are, when you finish a job we pay you or we get a percentage up front? How are you organizing?
1: So for that deal, mostly what we did was um we'd have the specific trade that came in, like if they were doing the electric, we'd give them a draw up front and that way they could buy materials and whatever it was that they needed for the house, and then we gave them the final draw at completion. So that was pretty straightforward.
0: Yeah, that's that makes sense. Yeah, because I was paying like I was having people work and paying them by the uh day, and it was like that was like a first project, and it was just getting drawn out, drawn out, drawn out. So now I switched my strategy. And it's, it's for anybody doing anything, it's a learning curve, I think. You got to figure out what team you got and what works best for you guys. So now, I, like you said, I give them the money to buy the materials. And once the job is complete, I mean, not where I just got to go back in and do this or do that. I'm talking about the job is complete all the way. That's when you get the final payment. Right.
1: We ran into that with – um, a couple of the we have three houses under renovation right now and so we brought in a lot more people obviously because I can't be at all of these houses and our kids are virtual schooling from home right. and my daughter so my sons have like a regular schedule for their zooms and my daughter is in kindergarten and someday she has six zooms and then other days she has two so it's a rotating two-week schedule of zooms and right. like, she can't tell time yet. So I'm like, Ellie, get on Zoom. It's time for Zoom because it's just like chaos with her. So I brought in extra people to help for just sanity and everything. So we can keep these projects going. And initially they were just like, I don't know, they just weren't being managed. And so I'm paying out a ton of money because I'm like, you know, I'm happy to pay for good work. I'm happy to pay for the work to be finished but it just wasn't being managed and it wasn't being done. So now I've pulled back everything and every single thing has to have a bid. You're going to get a draw, like I'll pay for the materials or charge it to my account at the store. And then you're getting paid at the end. Once everything is finished, because I can't get burned like this. I can't just like pay you to do an unlisted task. You know, you have right. to have something that you're working towards.
0: And, and the one thing I realized too is, um, I'm not saying all contractors, but most of the time they don't understand. Like from a, like from a worker position, if they say they like to paint, uh they want to paint every single thing. They want to get the best paint, the best paint brushes. And it's like, okay, you know, we're selling this property, and everything will be. You know, it's like right. you want to overboard to do something, or it's really something quick. you didn't ask them to do, especially because they right. think it'll help, but it's really not helping to value add. You know.
1: Right. And for our rentals, I have like a very specific way that I want. I'm a little OCD, but I have like a way that I want it to be done because right. this is the way that it's done throughout all of them. So I know that all closets are painted with ceiling paint because it's flat and it's easy to touch up when it gets like bumped by people's clothing or whatever. Right. So this needs to be the same and it needs to be the same color paint throughout all the houses so that I'm not, Scrambling and trying to find like well what white is this because there's a thousand whites, and then all of our wall paints are the same colors throughout, so it's just very easy to kind of have a system in place like this is what we use and it needs to be done this way because we're copying and pasting it from house to house.
0: Right, so that's what I want to ask because like like you said I do the same thing. So what are some must-haves? So every house you know we're gonna put this in it because it adds value or it just look good to all the buyers.
1: So I like warm wood toned flooring. Um, I know that gray has its place, but I think that that's not going to be a forever thing. So I'm leaning like everything we're doing is warm wood toned floors. So if we're refinishing the floors, the floor sanders are like, well, let's just do it dark because it's easier for them. I'm like, no, we're not doing the dark, dark floors. We're doing light because we want the space to feel open and bright as open and bright as possible. So our wall color is light, our floors are light, everything is clean and crisp. And that I think helps a lot for our walkthroughs and just like getting people in the door right. when we're renting our properties. And then we look for value adds. So if we can add a bathroom or add a, base, um, a bedroom or just like the basement is my like big thing. I don't right. like dark, scary basements. Right. So we always clean it and I paint the floor with white um, porch and paint patio paint and And then there's like flex that you put in it so it hides the dirt but it makes just a complete difference because everyone who walks through has walked through other basements that are like scary and dirty and gross and then it's like here you can put stuff down here and not feel creepy about it so that's like a really big thing that we always do and that's not it's not expensive to do it. it it doesn't take a lot of time but it makes a huge impact
0: right okay yeah and all right, like the most popular thing right now is everybody's doing that. Even I'm doing it myself. That gray wall with the white trim mm-hmm. is like a very popular thing. Yeah. But it make because I'm I'm doing a lot of older homes and my whole thing is trying to make these old homes look like a new home. Right. You know. Are
1: you take a top white color and just cycle through the same right. thing.
0: Okay. So when you um uh, when y'all are looking for deals. What's like, say for somebody who's trying to get into real estate,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like what's your, like right now you got your money set up in the bank and you're ready to buy your next deal. Where are you going, where are you going to start looking at first? How are you finding your deals?
1: Me? Well, I became a realtor this year because I had tons of free time. No, just kidding. I, <laughs> I thought it would help out. <laughs> So, I became a realtor and that's helped a little bit with being able to navigate like the whole backside of the MLS. Like, There's so many things that I didn't know existed as far as like spreadsheets and searches that I can just send myself now as a realtor that just wasn't available to me before. And so, that is my number one place to look. But then my husband is like the most friendly, amicable guy and he goes. And full we'll door knock, and he doesn't complain about it at all. I think he likes it, and so he'll talk to the people around our rentals and say, like, "Hey, if you're ever interested in selling, let me know." And then they talk to other people. So we found a couple of houses just by knocking on doors.
0: Right, and I tell people all the time, like, that's the easiest way to find deals is just telling people, like you said, you got owner of a house, tell the guy next door because most of the time the person that you're giving your car to or telling about you buying a house, they're not going to be the one to sell your house, but they're going to tell somebody else right. that they hear, oh, you're trying to sell your house? Oh, such and such, Christy's a realtor. Mm-hmm. And it's like three people away, and it came all back to you.
1: Right. And I do okay. like auctions, but there's not a lot of auctions happening right now because of the way that banks are operating with the mortgages um, being paused due to COVID.
0: Okay, so you're a realtor now. You, uh, you go on MLS or just for well, somebody searching who's not a realtor. What is something that sticks out to you? What kind of deals are you looking for?
1: So I'm looking for a property that has a high square footage, but a low bedroom count so that I know I can convert some of that space into an added um, bedroom. I look for properties that are listed as a one bed bathroom and they have an extra bathroom in the basement or room to add an extra bathroom on the like bedroom floor. I look for, I like having a driveway because I have four kids and I don't like having all my tools and my kids like on the street. So that's like one of our big must-haves. It's got to have parking. Um, otherwise it's a really not a good deal for us, or ability to add a driveway down the line. That's really what it is. Ability to add bedrooms, bathroom, driveway, just added space. So we're um most of the time we're getting into the walls and tearing everything out. So it doesn't really matter to me if some of the floor plan's a little wonky or if the carpet is ugly or the paint color isn't right, because none of that matters. is gonna stay anyway, right?
0: Yeah, so when people, when you're looking for maybe your first uh, fixer up or a a property, one of the, like even me, before I became a realtor, I bought my first house with uh, is a, big, a lot of square footage. And mm-hmm. that lot of square footage, that is money. That's dollar signs. And some people have a lot of square footage, but they're not occupying that space, but the highest dollar amount, like I right. said, adding bathrooms and bedrooms, that's like... Wow!
1: whoa, so many people, they get these big houses and they don't like open up a wall where it just would have made a world of difference. So that's like where I think my design um, aspect really comes in. One of our houses that we have under um, construction right now, we call it Big Red, and that's a big house. And right. so it was just really choppy they had built onto it three times and you couldn't really access the bedrooms well so we've just completely stripped it down and now the floor plan makes sense and it's usable
0: okay so i want to ask this so imagine christy i offered you a job to work Mm -hmm. at a hospital you making um sixty thousand dollars a year and you did you wasn't doing this real estate how is your life different as far as family and financially because you guys choose to invest in real estate rather than just working a typical job and saving for your 401k?
1: It's just exponentially different. I can be there for my kids whenever, like back when they actually went to school, anytime I got a call, like my son went down the slide first, and so his pants got wet because it had rained, and they're like, sure. You need to bring new pants. I'm like, Okay. I just Grab them and went because I didn't have to check in with my employer or do anything. It's just me being able to be flexible. If I'm not able to get to the house that day, it's okay. I've got people there that can handle it. And my kids are, they're just like the priority that's the why behind it all. So we're working towards getting Josh to be able to leave his job right. so that we can do this both together and just have that added flexibility.
0: Right. Yeah. And that's what people, cause I quit my job last year. I was a mailman and yeah. people always ask what's like, um, first they say, are you making more money now? Yeah. And I'm like, I might not really be making more money yet, but the, the amount of like free time, you said that is like, you can't even put a dollar sign on that. You know, mm-hmm. it's so valuable. They'd be able to just go, if your son wears pants, or whatever, they yeah. go do it right there. That's like, you can't really put a price on that. Great. Okay. So, all right. If, like, if it was a big secret and somebody whispered in your ear, like, Christy, this is your gift. You're better than everybody in the world at this. This is your purpose. What do you think that secret would be?
1: Well, the first thing that jumps to my mind is making cookies, because I'm really good at making cookies. But I would say the design of the houses is really... Um, I'll walk through them and I can see like the finished project. And I'll say to my husband, like, look, don't you see it? And he's like, this looks like a pile of garbage. But then at the end, when it's all done, he's like, oh, now I get what you are seeing because I'm able to bring it to life. So I think that that's something that obviously not everyone has.
0: Okay. So, so, all right. So you got a choice
1: Mm
0: -hmm. to go make a thousand cookies and make $10,000 or go work on a house and make $10,000. Which one are you going to? Why would you work
1: on the
0: house? <laughs> That's oh, so, <laughs> well well so you enjoy you're good yeah. you're you're great at making cookies, mm-hmm. but you enjoy doing real estate yes, okay, okay, okay because i I asked that question because I feel like a lot of people um give up on their gift or what they're meant to do and just go work a normal job that they don't really like just to pay their bills so okay. for instance, if you wasn't doing real estate. And you told me you hated your job. I would assume, why don't you open up maybe a cookie, uh, you know, a cookie sure. business? Because if you are you better at cooking cookies than most people?
1: I think so. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. I, dang, that's crazy. I don't know. Because most people, even really, like for me, I wasn't a good test taker and I passed some real estate um, mm-hmm. license tests. And it's like, I, that's my gift, real estate. I'm good at it naturally whether right. I study or like I'm talking to you about it. I didn't have to really prepare to talk about real estate because it just, it, it, it flowed. just, yeah, it just flow. Right. So I feel we like talked about
1: that. Like once my husband retires and we've, you know, we're completely set with our cash flow reserves. It's not like, well, we're going to completely leave this and go do something else. It's like, we still want to do houses together because we both enjoy this so much. enjoy,
0: enjoy doing it. Yeah. Right. I, I had a guy on my, I got a YouTube, um, when I quit my job, I made like a, a two-week notice YouTube video about why I'm quitting, and I sent it to him. But I had a guy – it got like a lot of views, you now, like over 10,000 views. But uh, a guy commented today. He was like, um, today was my last day of work at the post office. I felt like quitting at 24 years. It's 24 years in, but he didn't it too far. So he finally did his 30-year bid, and now he, he said he was like just super happy that now he can live his life. And I'm like, so you gave up 30 years just to so say you can live your life now? Right. I'm like, that is – and I see so many people did that, and I was actually scared. I'm like, so wait, I'm finna wait to go to the Grand Canyon when I turn 60? mm <laughs> You're yep. shaking your head now. Nope. <laughs> that is crazy. But, yeah, so that's what – um you know, this whole podcast about the new American dream is like living now, like you said, right. getting financial free that you can go do what you want now instead of putting off until after retirement. Right. Okay. So how how do you, how do you like far as time management? Cause even you're, you said you got four kids and then you're working on three properties. Like where are you borrowing this time from? Cause I don't see it.
1: Well, I would just say that I try to be very organized um, with my schedule and my time. So I have like my calendar where I put everything in. And then as far as like our house that we live in, it's a lot more to take care of since everyone literally never leaves right now. But I just have a set schedule where everything gets taken care of. So even if things are falling apart at the houses, our house here, is maintaining and keeping at its steady. You know everything here stays clean. Everyone is fed. Everything is taken care of. So that just gives me a lot of peace to be able to then pour more time into the different houses as that need arises. And then I just try and schedule it out and hire in help where I need it. Right. With those properties, at least.
0: <laughs> okay. So you think like once your husband um, quit his job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you think like what what effect do you want this to have on your kids? Because evidently you got if you aren't going to a regular job like all their friends' parents are, how how do you want this to affect your kid? Like how do you want them to look at money?
1: I want them to realize that you can make money during like so many different things that it's not the You have to go to school and join all these extracurriculars and get good grades and then go to college and get good grades and then get a good job and then when you're 65 you can retire like that's not what i want them to feel like they have to subscribe to and that that's the only option there's so many other routes that you can take where you're enjoying and living your life along the way instead of putting it off for tomorrow that might never come you know it's not guaranteed that you're going to reach that point so i want them to feel like whatever they're doing, that they'll be successful in it. And one thing my parents always said to me was, you can be anything you want, Christine, like you're so smart, you can do like whatever, you can do whatever you want, which is probably true, but I can't do all the things. So being able to narrow down and focus in on one thing has been like the greatest time saver, because now I'm not jumping in all of these different directions, it's really the houses. And then our house here, and this goal of reaching our financial independence.
0: Right. Dang, that was right. You said your mom <laughs> said you could be anything you want to be. And where I was going with that, I was thinking um if, like, for me, I think real estate, like with your kids, mm-hmm. real estate allows you to, if you've got enough um, cash flow for rental properties, it actually allows you to actually go do what you really want to do so i look at it like eventually i want to have enough rental properties where i can go um ride atvs and nobody's calling me about the toilet nobody's calling Mm -hmm. me about if they are i want to have property management right now i manage all the properties so i think real estate allowed like say my my child once i'm older and he enjoys say he want to be uh ride jet skis for a living Mm -hmm. all right you got real estate providing pay your bills so you can go Ride jet skis and I get paid nothing because you're not living for money. Then you know
1: exactly. And our kids are being able to get that side of things from such a young age that it's not having to challenge everything that's been drilled into them along the way. You know they're seeing this and it's their normal.
0: Right. It's that's it's gonna be their normal. But their friends gonna be like, your parents are weird. They don't work. <laughs> right. <laughs> I always went because I, when I was when I first had my son, he's he's two now, but I I didn't want him to know that I had a boss almost. I don't know if that's weird. Like, if, I, okay. my son, if he wants me to take him to the apart and I got to go ask this stranger, hey, can I take my son to the part? I just felt like that was weird. Right. It's kind of like you're not a grown-up yet. Right. But <laughs> it's okay. crazy. Yeah. So what do you see for your, like, what's y'all, like, in the next five years, where do you want the business to be at?
1: So in the next five years – we're on a trajectory right now where we want to get like five or six houses a year and keep um, converting them over. We're also kind of working on some like larger multifamily type deals, commercial deals so that we can get just a big chunk in. We want to have our 10 conventional loans maxed out and one or two bigger things um, already stabilized before Josh leaves his job. Because his W-2, he makes he's a pharmacist, so he makes, you know, a good income. And he has that steady paycheck that allows us to qualify for all kinds of financing. So until we get the business to show a lot of real revenue, we don't want him to leave that security. So hopefully in the next five years, we've hit that and he is no longer there.
0: Right. And you know the harder part? I think it's hard. The more money you make, it might be harder for me to leave my job because it's, you know,
1: it's security.
0: Yeah, security, and, and like you said, getting loans. So, but mm-hmm. people, um, if like like a lot of people who write me, they want to just how do you how can I quit my job and get in real estate? Well, you really can't just quit your job and go buy houses because you don't have no income to show. So right. the job is beneficial at the beginning until so you can show you know a portfolio or some kind of way to get money.
1: Exactly. We want to okay. use that until we don't need it anymore. Right.
0: So I gonna say, how do you, like, because I honestly, I, I get a lot of uh problems every day. Like Gary B. said one time on the um, podcast, he was like, when he come home for dinner, he don't talk to his wife about the business because it's nothing but problems.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know. How do you deal, like, when you, like, say you're facing a problem and it needs to be dealt with, but you don't really feel like it in that person or whatever. How do mm-hmm. you deal with your problems when they come up in the business now?
1: So I don't like complain really a lot online, but I will like do my little vent to Josh, and then I just get over it and I try and spin it more into like a positive light, like, well, what am I learning from this? You know, how can I make sure that this never happens again? We have a tenant who um, is a little more needy than what maybe she should be. And so we've had a lot of calls from her about various things that are not landlord problems, and so now We've amended our lease going forward and we have very clear stipulations so that we're not going to get these kinds of calls anymore because I'm not going to put up with it again. So now it's just like such a peace of mind knowing that I've erased it and it's not going to (laughs) happen.
0: Do you want to sell that property?
1: No, no, it's a great property. (laughs) It's a great (laughs) property. She's just, she's never like lived anywhere before, I think. And so (laughs) it's just like, she wanted us to solve her disagreement with the neighbors and I'm not getting involved with the neighbor. That's not my landlord thing. You know, if you have um something that you feel uncomfortable about with the neighbor, then you've got to talk to her. You know, that's our neighbor forever. We own the property and you're living here for a short period of time and we didn't have any problems with her. So I think that there was a misunderstanding along there some point, but it's not my thing. So right i don't need to get involved
0: (laughs) no that yeah that is that is i that's my biggest issue like that phone call ringing and the tenants wanting. like what are some things in your lease you put down that you now the fact that you have several rentals Mm -hmm. what are some things that's like mandatory for that front page of the lease or whatever most important in your lease
1: so the things that we've amended are like that um maintenance Request because that was a Saturday night call about the neighbor at like 10 p.m. And I'm like, this is not an emergency. This is not something that I even need to handle. So, putting in there clearly that these are the appropriate times to reach us during business hours. These are the things that are appropriate things to call us about leaks, you know, the things that we want to hear about. Like, literally nothing on a Saturday night is something that I can do. If the house is on fire, call the fire department. Don't call me. I can't put the fire out if the, if you're having problems or you need to call the police, call the police, you know, unless it's like a water pipe that has burst, there's nothing that I can fix. So making that very clear and just outlining the expectations of how quickly we will fix things. Like we aim to resolve this issue within X amount of time, depending on what the issue is and just being reasonable about it so that they don't think like, The toilet runs a little bit, so they're gonna come over right now and fix it. Like, no, this isn't an emergency, it's not gonna be right now. We'll take care of it within like 72 business hours or whatever it is for that thing. And then the other thing um, that we've had come up had to do with maintenance again, and it was a clogged sewer. So they had, I think, flushed like Clorox wipes and it clogged it. So now we have very clear stipulation that if there are maintenance issues that are your Cause like you did it then you're gonna pay for it and that's all it is because we paid for that but we just didn't know better like to have it in our lease
0: nah, yeah <laughs> I'm gonna put some of them things in my lease yeah. <laughs> because like oh man it feel like like because I'm younger than just about every single one of my tenants and it's like yeah. I'm not your parent I'm not gonna you know don't call me it was, no right so yeah and one of the things I had a duplex and I don't think people realize this but the more you call your landlord, the less likely your lease gonna get renewed. Especially in this day and time, like people are looking where I'm at, people are looking for rentals like every second. I can't even like walk in the front yard and pick up a rate. Is that house for rent? You know? Is that that's that's crazy. But okay. That's so good all right. for you. yeah, yeah, it's good for me, but I'm just like, I try to be, you know, like me part of me buying real estate is to Become a good landlord, and have I want people to have uh, affordable homes, but also safe, nice-looking homes. Instead Mm -hmm. of like affordable homes in the bad part of town, I want to have like affordable homes in a good part of town.
1: Just like us.
0: Yeah. So if I'm doing that, Mm -hmm. and you you normally wouldn't probably be able to afford to stay in this place. So if you're doing all them calls now, I have to you know not renew your lease because you're making my life. Hey more work right yeah <laughs> and you know this is how i choose if i'm reading at least like maybe like two months or three months before the lease end i asked my wife i like are we renewing that person lease and she literally be like she know based off the phone calls <laughs> i get yay or nay and yep. if she say no i'm like yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: that's awesome
0: yeah all right so all right this is like the last final questions just rapid questions all right if you could spend a day with a mentor and like somebody you really admire who would it be
1: um well i just recently read the four-hour work week again so i'd say like tim, tim Ferriss because he seems he like has all the systems in place he has virtual assistants for everything and i try like i'm kind of a minimalist and so i have like inbox zero on my email and it's just like everything is in line like i clear my calls i clear my messages and he's just like delegated that all so the things that come through to him are just like the important things so learning how he got to that place and just like being able to pick his brain about how i can implement some of that more that'd be awesome
0: yeah i know you're probably thinking i should implement some of those things too
1: oh definitely
0: (laughs) yeah that's i think like because i i try to move i try to go like not 100 miles per hour but maybe 80 miles per hour yeah. And when you go, like you, like you said, when you're trying to reach a goal, mm-hmm. maybe I'm a guy, maybe I just move too fast and I don't have that organization skills. But recently, a lot of guests been saying like the key to that success is being organized. It's so
1: crucial knowing like where everything is and like all of our paperwork is organized and the books I update all the time and our bills. So just like having that system to fall back on, it just became a habit. And then now I don't have to think about it. So it's no longer a chore or something that's piled up. And now it's like an emergency. I have to sit down and do it because it's already taken care of. Wow. That makes sense.
0: Yeah. I I interviewed um, a lady yesterday. She's 20 years old, right? Mm-hmm. And she's on TikTok. She has like 800,000 followers. Wow. And she's only 20 years old. And she has a full team, a staff team. So you know how they, like, we post stuff going on? Mm-hmm. And she said she'd do all her posts on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. And her, let her team post it throughout the week. And I'm like, wow, I could, I, that is organized. Because right. instead it looked like to us you're working. But mm-hmm. literally that was pre-done and you're on to the next.
1: Right. It's all batched and put together. That way yeah. she's not worrying about it.
0: I like that. I'm like, that's, that's super organized.
1: I'm not there yet, but I would like to get there.
0: <laughs> right. Right. And he's only 20 years old, I'm like, jeez, uh, Favorite real estate or business book besides Tim Ferriss.
1: Um, so it's not necessarily a business book, but my favorite like life perspective book is essentialism by Greg McCowan. I think it's how you say his last name. And that's like the whole premise of that book is less, but better. So it kind of goes along with the minimalist thing, but it's just like, whatever you're doing, do fewer things, but do the things that you do super well. So one of his graphics in his book is like a sun, and it has all these different rays pointing out. So if you're trying to do all of these different things, your rays don't get very far because the distance that it's spread is limited. But if you focus all of that energy into one ray, it goes really far, and you're able to achieve a lot more instead of trying to do too many little things. So I try and like think about that as I work through my business, like less but better. How can I focus my energy into fewer tasks to then get them further along?
0: Right. Yeah. That's, I I like that. I'm reading a book, kind of like that now. It is, I don't know if you read this traction.
1: No, it's on my list though.
0: Yeah. And it's kind of like, like you said, it is making use of your time, but getting your business like on a, like, uh, all on a wheel like you know rolling together right because even like when you say that you know focus your energy on the the things that make big moves Mm -hmm. on one end you're making big moves but i'm doing that now but on the other end you're spending more because the things that you normally do you have to evidently pay somebody to do it
1: right exactly it's hard to make that jump from yeah doing it all to focusing and delegating and paying for those other things
0: but I actually see, a, I see, like, you might not think it's better, but I see a difference in me. Like, the other day, the guy, it was like trash around one of the properties I'm fixing up. And a guy was picking up the neighbor trash. And I'm like, hey, will you get this trash? And he was like, yeah, just give me $20. I'm like, wow, because that would have took me, made like 30, 45 minutes an hour just to gather all that up, right. go take it. And it was $20. It was, it was worth it. You know, and he came back, he even got more stuff. I'm like, yeah. That's delegating my time to its best use. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So so for people listening, if you're trying to, like, make it or get ahead, I think focus, like, definitely on your um, passion and whatever you're pursuing in life. And things that are not so important, delegate. 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 Yep. Uh, best life advice that you live by? I
1: would say just like follow your dreams. It's super cliche, but that's what we're doing where we have our dream of living together as our family, not being constrained by a job and being able to travel when we want, not having to ask permission, like you said, like to go on vacation. And um, one of the books I read this summer talked about how working is the worst trade in the world. You're working five days for two, you know, Who would take that deal? You wouldn't give me five cookies if I was gonna give you two back, you know? (laughs) This isn't a good deal. So you're trading away your work life for just a weekend where you're gonna recharge and then get back to doing it all again. It's a waste. So we're working really hard on following our dreams of not partaking in that and being able to travel together as a family, have just like experience things instead of like stuff life, you know? Right. So many people focus on the stuff versus experience.
0: So it's, Definitely experiences. Definitely at this time, the way the world is, it's like the mall where I live at, nobody really shopping like that, mm-hmm. I guess. Cause people don't know what the economy going, what's going to happen. So definitely right now it's like spending your money on saving or experiences. Yep. Okay. I was going to say something. Okay, so number four, what are your hobbies outside of real estate?
1: Real estate basically is my hobby. You know, like I have our kids and then our house. I guess DIYs around our house. I always look around and come up with different projects that I want to do around here. And I think that's part of the reason my husband like was so excited to get me into real estate investing because now I can do all my design and projects, and it's making us money versus like just sinking it into our house. So that's um, I just like building stuff and doing crafty things.
0: So you don't do anything outside of real estate. No, just fun.
1: <laughs> I read a lot and read a uh, lot. we play board games with the kids and um, I like to swim. Right. We have a pool at our house. And uh,
0: just Oh, when I, games. when I had a mind mom, ble- mom fart, this is what I was thinking. Okay. But, uh, when I worked at my job, you know, like, you know, you ask the supervisor time off. Mm-hmm. So on Mondays I realized uh, people are cranky because right after Sunday. So you mm-hmm. never ask for time off or anything that you want on Mondays. And then on Fridays, because I was a mailman, so I, I delivered like elementary schools and stuff. Mm-hmm. So Monday morning, you walk in, good morning. Nobody really saying that. Everybody like, but Friday, <laughs> you walk in, hey, Mr. Mailman, everybody happy right. because the next day, we're off. And I'm like, that is messed up. You know what I mean? Like, Monday, uh, back down. Friday, is like, yes, because we're off tomorrow, just for two days. Just- I want
1: every day to be Saturday, where it's just we can choose what we want to do that day. And obviously like we'll plan out our life and where things need to get done in order to keep us along with our goal, but to be able to have that like spontaneous nature and just like freedom to do whatever you want to do on that day.
0: Yeah. And that's what I always say. My favorite day growing up was a Saturday Mm -hmm. and now like literally, well, it's not all the way how I wanted to be, but every day I try to live it like it's Saturday. Right. Okay. All right. So Um, The the old American dream is, you know, you would be working your job for 30 years, then you retire, and then you start spending time with your kids after Mm -hmm. you retire. But what is your version of the new American dream that you will live your life by?
1: Our new version is to retire within the next five years, which is way before 65, and be able to travel with the kids. I'd like to get like a beater RV, something that's super ugly, and then make that over and have it be like this beautiful fun fun spot for us to use for traveling and like just take it out west with the kids and go hiking and all the national parks and we want to hit all 50 states so last november um i bought this like scratch off map of the United States and we want to take all the kids to all the states so we went to like Tennessee my parents have a lake house in Tennessee last year and then in January we took the kids to Florida and then on the way back up we hit the Carolinas and visited my husband's sister and then COVID hit so our map has been sitting there just like looking at me I hung it up at our entryway because I was like we're gonna look at this every day as we leave the house we're gonna be like all right planning our next trip and then none of that has happened so I want to get back to that as soon as like the world opens up again and be able to you know have our properties here that we do and continue to renovate and make things um, better than where we got them and then travel
0: yes I, I travel I'd be like I want to walk every step on the United States like every piece of ground and soil I want to least step on it once um, I just recently came, not recently, but maybe a couple months from um, Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Have you been there? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah that, pla- yeah, that place is awesome, man. It's like, I like Gatlinburg, Tennessee. I went to Maui, Hawaii. Yeah. Uh, you been there in Hawaii?
1: I've been to Hawaii. I've been a lot of places, and I want to take my kids there, too. Kids. My husband hasn't traveled as much, so he's like, of course you've been there, but I want to take him, you know, and <laughs> hey.
0: You said walk in.
1: Yes,
0: you know the time is over now because (laughs) all right, so let the people know where they can find you at and if they want to reach out and contact you.
1: So cute. So I am on Instagram at mom underscore homework or I have a website momhomework.com that I like revamping so I can add more spreadsheets and free downloads there and just real estate goodies.
0: Okay, all right, thank you for coming on the show, Christy.
1: No,